But um, I suppose I have a question and it's it's going to go nowhere and you can't possibly answer it. But I'll ask you anyway, is, do you think there's any lifters out there? Well, you're not going to know really, I suppose, without evidence. But do you think there's lifters out there who are meddling in the men's who could well be natty? So I have a bit of a long-winded question. What do you mean by meddling? At what mean? Well, let's say in elite, let's say like worlds, kind of like a competitive medal that's not kind of a, not a bullshit kind of medal, like a legit world, maybe a world medal or something like that maybe at, particularly at the moment because there's some people you know well, that you know the power I mean, yeah sorry go sorry i was gonna say so there's some there's some people who i would say have won medals who um are you know it's tough to say with something like lifetime clean yeah but you could definitely make the um you could make the the argument that that there's people who have maybe prepared for a meat clean. Yeah. You know, which is like two different things. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's also some, like some of the U S you know, people like, for instance, like a, like a CJ Cummings, like I, I legitimately believe that CJ is clean. Yeah. That seems pretty consensus. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing. Like, I mean, I've, I've heard a lot of stories about doping and weightlifting and doping in other sports as well. It's not just, just a weightlifting problem. Um, and it seems to me that the consensus is, is that if you want to dope, you need to either get extremely lucky mm-hmm. yeah, or you need to be taking stuff that really doesn't help you. Yeah. Or you need to have a lot of money. Yeah. And that's the exact same consensus we've yeah. gotten from people. Yeah. From... Like there, there's no one who's doping like, I mean, the thing is, is like, I have a real tough time thinking that CJ is paying like some big, like, mo- like who knows what the bribes would have to be to yeah, kind of yeah. get around USADA testing. Yeah, yeah. yeah But yeah. Let, let, let's just assume it's in the hundreds of thousands of dollars at a minimum. You would have to imagine so. Yeah. yeah. Um, imagine why in the world would CJ pay USADA hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars to somehow uh dodge drug testing yeah okay so that, that's that's first of all something that's completely unbelievable and yeah. not possible in my mind definitely so let, let's rule out for the moment that that cj has not paid usada huge bribes yep cj gets tested so often there's no way he's just luckily avoided every test to like what, what kind of testing frequencies he weekly kind of monthly bi-weekly is it just it's something like you know you can look up the numbers on usada's website but the last time i looked it seemed like he was getting tested anywhere from like six to ten times a year and that's out of competition not in competition which is a a, i suppose if anyone's listening doesn't know like if you followed the balco scandal with victor conte and he wrote after like you know there was times when you need to test athletes and there's probably a lot of like if there's non-weightlifters listening like a lot of those countries they they'll either test them to pass basically to let them know that they're clean from yeah. the drugs they're taking, or they're testing them not at all and just like they know what they're you know that kind of way. But so, so, so like CJ has been legitimately the third tested. Possibility with someone like CJ is is like oh is he taking something that's not really helping him? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like is he taking some sort of like bullshit supplement supplement or something like that and. I think the answer is also no, just because what's his incentive to take that? Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. 
he's got a big deal with Reebok. Yeah. He's got a big deal with Rogue. Like CJ's making a lot of money now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is great to see. Why would why would he jeopardize that with some like bullshit yeah, like test you booster. know anabolics booster or something something like from like GNC or bullshit. Like it's not yeah. going to do anything for yeah. him. You know, if CJ was relying on like anabolic steroids, we would know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we can all tell by watching him lift that CJ is not relying on anabolic steroids to be yeah. a good lifter. Yeah. And here's the other thing too about CJ. CJ has been lifting in many meets a year yeah, for years on end. Yeah. Since he was like 11 or 12. Progress. We've all seen his progress go like up, up, up. Now, of course he flatlines sometimes because yeah. like, um, I wouldn't say CJ is a head case cause he's not a head case, but he has had <laughs> he's not he's not a head case so I'm, I'm not saying he is yeah but he has had individual meets where he i would say it was more so a mental breakdown than a physical breakdown in terms of his ability yeah you know what I mean? which would be expected because he does so many competi- it would be expected because he does so many international competitions and there's so much pressure you know it's, yeah it's a, it's bound to happen eventually I feel like there were a couple times where, like, for instance, when he competed, he competed at the Arnold slash American Open one in 2018. Yeah. And it was relatively recently after he signed a deal with Rogue Fitness. Okay. And I feel like I feel like maybe there was like a lot of pressure on him there to do well because he was in like Rogue Fitness's hometown. Yeah. And they did it on something called the Rogue Strength Stage, which had like, you know, thousands of people watching him. Yeah. Maybe an environment he's not used to, and I feel like he missed his, a clean and jerk there that he should have made. Yeah, because you know, like he was physically capable. But the thing is, is like we just like look at what CJ did recently at um, Junior Pan Ams in uh, in Cuba. I mean, he he did you know PRs easily, and that was after doing he did 192 at Junior Worlds, and yep. then a couple weeks later at um, at Junior Pan Ams, he just does 193 like even easier than the one. Too. yeah like like cj is like a physical just like specimen when it comes to weightlifting yeah and um he just has crazy crazy physical abilities and he combines it with the fact that he works you know relatively hard and he's been training for almost 10 years you know mm-hmm. so the thing is you know if you see someone whose numbers steadily creep up and they compete all the time and they're always being tested. Yeah. And you don't have any real indication that they're paying huge bribes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a pretty good chance they're probably clean. Like, yeah. and don't get me wrong, I'm not one of these people who who believes that that athletes are clean because I think they're like a good person or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, some people think that stuff, and I'm not like that because I've seen enough people who are are good. Like Ilya's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. I also knew he wasn't clean. Yeah. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, there, yeah, you, yeah. Can, you have to be able to separate the two. Yeah. And and with, with CJ, he is a nice kid, but I don't think he's clean because he's a nice kid. I think yeah, he's yeah. clean because of other evidence. Yeah. It would be like, because you know? he does hit like, like you say, it's like 87, then like six months later, it's like 89, like 91. Yeah. You know, it's very, very metallic. And like he snatched didn't improve for years there for, well, like not years, but it felt like years when you're watching him compete so yeah. much, you know? Um, go on. No, I was just going to say, and like, I think there's other people too, but I just CJ was one example that I could could are, talk through. But I, I think there's other people who are meddling 
not on drugs or not preparing on drugs. Yeah. Harrison Morris is, is a similar example to CJ because they came up together and he's um his his progress is fairly steady as well, like so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean with Harrison, um I feel like now first of all, um we uh we work together with Harrison. Like we, yeah. we have like a Harrison Morris edition knee sleeve and yeah. I'm friends with him and this and that. And when I say what I'm about to say, there's nothing bad about Harrison. I don't think he's on drugs, Yeah. but Harrison shows more signs yeah. of being on drugs than yeah. someone like CJ. Yeah, yeah. And I don't mean that in the sense that I think he's on drugs. Cause I, I think Harrison's clean. I mean, I think pretty much anyone in the USADA system yeah. who's in the random testing pool who competes multiple times a year, Mm-hmm. and all this other stuff is is clean yeah like yeah. i think maddie rogers is clean i think kate and i is clean i yeah. think you know these people are clean but with harrison his numbers have gone up and down more mm-hmm. than yeah. cj like with harrison like one meet he'll snatch like you know he almost snatched 157 as a 77 at yeah. 2017 worlds yeah one, one sorry 158 he almost snatched 158 and then he comes back as like an 85 and like struggles with like 145, 150. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think it's, but what I'm saying is, is more of an indicator, one of many indicators that someone could be on drugs. In Harrison's case, I don't think it's drugs. In Harrison's yeah. case, I think it's more so snatch technique. I think his, yeah. I think he's got his clean and jerk technique pretty well dialed in. Yeah, he's yeah. obviously quite good at it. But I think he jumps back a little too much in his snatches and yeah. sometimes the, his technique gets a little bit away from him in the snatches. And I think that's the reason why he's not snatching 160. Yeah. yeah. Not, not because like of, of drugs ca- causing variants or whatever, but with someone like CJ, you don't even see the variants. Like with CJ, it's just like, up, up, up. you yeah. know, yeah. Like with, with drug users, you would see more, more variations and stuff like that. For sure. Yeah. Um, I suppose now that we've started talking about American weightlifting, do you think, do you think the recent kind of um, explosion in American weightlifting? Because I know when you say when you kind of found weightlifting, America meddling at any international competition was borderline laughable. Like it just was completely at the time, just not impossible. Impossible. Like and now it's. Do you think it? It would kind of make sense, I suppose. Now, obviously, um, we don't think every American weightlifter is clean or, or whatever. You know, statistically or whatever, from opinions, it's irrelevant, I suppose. But it has kind of coincided with the recent. Um, uh, what would you say clamp down on clamp down on drugs you know and and I suppose has there been other kind of has the system gotten better in American weightlifting has the sport gotten better has the just talent pool gotten bigger you think or um I don't I don't think that there's some sort of like conspiracy to like promote American weightlifting and to like hurt yeah. Russian weightlifting like yeah, some yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah put it this way I would love to be proven wrong. Yeah. Like yeah. I would love to see some evidence of that. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah. That would be pretty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like that would be one of like the big, that would be like a national news story in yeah. the U S yeah. if that was the case. Yeah. And if anyone has any evidence of that, be them just thinking, you know, that like it's some sort of mass conspiracy against Putin or something. Yeah. Like, I would love, I would love to see, I would love to review any evidence. Yeah. Put it yeah, that way. yeah. So I, I don't think that the American weightlifting rise has anything to do with um, some sort of like anti-Putin conspiracy, 
but I think it has a lot to do with a few things. One is because of CrossFit and the audience that's in the U.S., it's become possible for people to be full-time weightlifters off of sponsorships. Yeah, yeah, which is great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, two is because this this all really has to do with CrossFit, but because of CrossFit, there's a lot more demand for USA weightlifting seminars. Yeah. USA weightlifting seminars are one of their biggest revenue sources from the federation is it yeah like USA weightlifting federation or whatever like they do like USAW level one W level twos they run these all over the country people pay like you know a bunch of money to essentially get a you know certificate or whatever it says they're certified Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of CrossFit coaches that um that go to these things and that's that's a big source of revenue and because of that revenue we're much better funded for things like giving or not giving, but paying athletes stipends. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there's a lot of athletes that are making two, three, four thousand dollars or whatever a month. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it's not gonna make you rich, but you can survive. Yeah. And then also we're able to send much bigger and better equipped teams to to events. Like for instance at Junior Worlds, we sent like 10 men, 10 women, a lot of athletes had personal coaches with them. I think all athletes except for one had a personal coach with them. Yeah. Um, we send like a team doctor who does like physio stuff. At a lot of meets, like at the Worlds in Ashgabat, we sent a team nutritionist. Really? We literally sent someone who helped the athletes with their yeah. nutrition while they were there. Uh, if you, if like, anyone, just so, if anyone's ever been to Ashgabat, it's the worst place the Turkmenistan worst is the, in the worst world. country in the world so in our opinion in our opinion yeah like we were there one day and we had breakfast and there were onions in the middle of the bread and it's just absolutely we don't we won't get started but yeah but it's very interesting that they send something like that yeah like they send a nutritionist they sent like a, like i said they send like a team doctor who does like massages and like you know like all sorts of other stuff for the athletes like you know before and after training and you know, when you have someone like Demos in your corner who really, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, the, the thing about Demos is that I don't know much about Demos as like a technique coach or a programming coach. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I can't speak much to that. But I know at least five or six ath- or athlete coaches who have been in the back with Demos and Mike Catone. And they've said that Demos really 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 knows what he's doing when it comes to like coaching strategy in the back room yeah yeah so like i said i don't know anything about his other coaching ability because i don't really know anyone who's like trained with him day in day out as like a technique or programming thing yeah but like just having him in the back room so many people have told me that he's just like great at like managing the athlete managing warm-ups like figuring out when to take jumps and yeah, like yeah. all that strategy is actually somewhat complicated. Yeah, and I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus, but some of the other people that be in the back room with USAW athletes, yeah, before Demos came around, people would complain about them nonstop. People really? would be like, "The guy was like trying to fix my technique when I was two of it. <laughs> I was, I was like, I was like two yeah. lifts away from lifting, and yeah. he's telling me to keep the bar closer. Yeah, yeah and this yeah. is a guy who had never lifted. Or never train that athlete you know what i mean yeah. yeah so like you know it's one thing to try to change technique six months out which is difficult enough as yeah. you guys know to like 
yeah. to actually change your technique on max lift six months out is yeah. still a challenge. Huge, huge yeah. Huge challenge. You're not going to do it two lifts out, you know, and yeah. it's just going to mess with people's head. And yeah. so basically people used to complain about the help in the back room and now people are thrilled with it. Yeah. You know, great. so. Um, that actually did you know, seem I, to be something American Weightlifters kind of used to put up big numbers on social media and not crazy big numbers, not like doping numbers, but kind of big numbers coming into competition and just just never seemed to kind of come together there was always someone who's like this time this person's going to do it you know and and it just never seemed to materialize i think the confidence having someone like uh paris behind you would bring is huge massive like having someone with that experience yeah yeah i mean you literally have like one of the most successful weightlifters of all time yeah yeah you know this is like a guy who has I mean, in my mind here, this, this is like one of the things that um, I think some people don't give enough credit to. But in my mind, Demos has like the trifecta of weightlifting accomplishments, which is Olympic champion, yep. world champion, for sure, world records. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And anyone who has like one of those three, obviously you're still good. Like yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to say like, oh, all you did is why you're gone. Yeah. But like the thing is it's like some people give too much credit to one of those three yeah yeah like for example let's say someone won the world championship like i'm not trying to you know you know put anyone down here but some people won the world championship in 2017 in anaheim mm -hmm. uh maybe without like you know truly fantastic numbers and you yeah. know all-time ability can, you can say it by accident if you want <laughs> Maybe by accident, I don't know. But, <laughs> like, you know, there's some people, like, I'll, I'll give an example. Let's say you're talking about someone like Ali Hashemi. Ali Hashemi won the World Championship in 2017 because it was kind of a watered-down field. Yeah. And he won the World Championship in 2018 because he was competing in the 102, which, you know, it's just not as competitive because yeah. it wasn't an Olympic class. And I'm not trying to say that Ali Hashemi is not good because the guy can do a 400 something total. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's he's a bad. great yeah. weightlifter. He's a great weightlifter. Yeah. But Ali Hashemi is not going to set world records, no. and Ali Hashemi is not going to win the Olympics. You know what I mean? And we all know that. I think he knows that. Yeah. Now, could he sneak in and get a uh, like a bronze medal in the 109s in the Olympics? Maybe. I don't like. You know, I'm not ruling that out as a possibility. It could happen. Yeah. Like Ali Hashemi is not an all-time great, you know what I mean? And yeah. Demos is like it is on like another level yeah. from people who have done one of those. Like another example would be Tarakti. I know he's going to get his like Olympic medal taken away, oh, but he won yeah. the gold medal. Yeah. Like he won the gold medal in the Olympics, sure, but he never set a world record. No. He was yeah. never really close to a world record. Yeah, yeah. He, he never won worlds. Yeah. He was never really close to winning worlds. And so he, you know, he's not an all-time great. He's just not on that like Demos yeah. sort of level. Yeah, know? yeah. You yeah. know, someone like someone like Ilya, if you're not uh, not accounting for like the, the doping issues, Ilya won the Olympics multiple times. Ilya won worlds multiple times. Ilya set a ton of world records. Yeah. Like, you know, like that's kind of like what you're looking for when you're talking about all-time great and having someone like an all-time great yeah. tell you, like, hey, no, you can make this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Different from having someone who you never even heard the name of yeah. tell you, oh, you can make this. It's like, what does this guy know? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah sure. But I think there's a lot of other reasons why the the, the USAW um, kind of results have gone up. But I think the biggest one 
is money. Yeah. Because yeah. if you think about it, someone like CJ, would CJ have stayed in the sport if there were no sponsors and no stipends? I suppose the question yeah. is, could CJ have stayed in the sport? Would it, be, would it have even been possible for him to stay? Like, yeah. Yeah. Know? Could he have stayed? Would he have been able to train as hard as he could? Yeah. Or as hard as he does? Yeah. Like, would his coach, like a lot of coaches are able to devote full-time attention to athletes because now they can, you know, do like online programming. Like someone like Travis Mash. Yeah. yeah. Could Travis Mash have existed as a coach 10 or 15 years ago in weightlifting? Very unlikely. No, probably no. not. But Travis Mash has like ebook sales and has programming and he has plenty of, you know, revenue to, to be a full-time coach. Yeah. Yep. To coach people like uh, Nathan Damron or Elam or you know the other people who have trained with him so the biggest factor is not like Demos in the back even though that's great all right my screen just shut off again um um someone's gonna to tell your password from like the the noises they'll be able to tell from the sound <laughs> yeah exactly someone's figuring out you know what's weird i even have the thing saying to not uh not like go to sleep i, I literally changed it while we were on the call but it doesn't seem to be working i <laughs> guess probably... i don't know how to Oh, wait, you know what? It's the screen. Uh, I know what it is. It's the screensaver. All right. I'm, uh, all right, now I'm good. It was doing it every 20 minutes. That's why. Oh, okay. So, um, you know, with someone like uh, uh, with Demos, I do think it's a big factor, but I think the biggest factor by far is the money because, yeah. you know, it's the, same, it's the same argument that I make. Some people, like, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but some people have said things to me like, oh, you've done more to introduce weightlifting to people than anyone else in history or something like that. That's not and a I'm reasonable like, claim, right. Yeah, It isn't, though, really. Well, well, I'm not saying that it's uh, it's impossible that that's the truth. Yeah. But what I'm saying is is that it does no good. Well, the way that I put it with something like Hooker is, like, we basically, you know, uh, CrossFit started fires all over the place. Mm-hmm. And we basically run around and throw gasoline on the fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? We're like kind of keeping that fire going or making it bigger or whatever. But like, it doesn't matter if you throw gasoline on the ground if there's no fire there to start. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the thing is, is that you need places for people to weightlift. Yeah. And that's where CrossFit came in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and when you have like 10,000 gyms or whatever, or I don't know how many there are in the US, but there's definitely four figure amounts yep. of gyms in yep. the u.s and a large percentage of them have either barbell clubs or they have some sort of at least like olympic weightlifting class or whatever you're literally just giving all these people the opportunity to lift yep. yeah and it's the same thing with usa weightlifting it doesn't matter if you have demos in the back if you don't have a bunch of athletes who yep. can afford to go train all the time yep. you don't have a bunch of coaches who can afford to spend all their time with this athlete you don't have a bunch of like you know, athletes who can afford to go do recovery stuff and to not be working all day. Yeah. Like I know people who were people who were Olympians for the US in like two thousand four and two thousand eight. Some of them had like full time jobs. Like imagine how much better they'd be if they yeah, were yeah. like working at a job for eight or nine hours a day. I can imagine. You know? <laughs> That's Garf's problem. Like, <laughs> you know? So I, I think that the biggest factor is money. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Just like the biggest factor for hook grip to make weightlifting more popular or, you know, all things gym or really anyone else who's put up, put up content 
it wouldn't really matter. Like we wouldn't be able to like really grow weightlifting if there weren't places to go weightlift. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah, for sure. It's not like in 2008, there were, uh, you know, 8,000 empty weightlifting training halls waiting to be filled, you know? Definitely not. So, you know, though, all those places needed to be created and CrossFit is really what created them. Yeah. And then, like I said, we run around kind of like stoking the fire because yeah. it also, you know, if CrossFit creates those places to weightlift, no one's going to be interested in weightlifting if they don't know what it is and there's yeah. no way to figure out how to get better at it and no way to kind of like study true, you know, professional technique and this and that. Like, yeah. you know, people aren't going to just do it in a vacuum. It's the same reason why, you know, there's a lot of sports that I would say are undercovered. You know, yeah. like for instance, Highland Games, I feel like is actually a very interesting sport. Yeah. But one of the reasons why you don't see crossfitters doing highland games events and and kind of like learning that sport is because there's not really very good coverage of it yeah yeah you know? it's kind of why you see them doing stuff like weightlifting and powerlifting stuff because there's better coverage and better understanding of the sport yeah yeah they're being exposed to it a lot more have you made have you ever thought about going into part of thing or not going into part of thing but kind of trying to get a market share or just look into it or is it not really i mean to me um powerlifting isn't really that interesting of a sport for us to cover yeah um partly because i find powerlifting and i don't mean this in a bad way to people who are powerlifters because i think they're great athletes mm -hmm. but i find it a little bit boring to watch yeah, yeah. um just yeah. because it's so slow and it takes so long you know, like yeah. I would be much, much more interested in watching single lift powerlifting, yeah. like deadlift only or squat only. Yeah. And, um, like watching like benching is super boring. And there's yeah. so many questions with powerlifting when it comes to like judging. Like I've watched so many lifts where like the people clearly just didn't hit depth on squats. And yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not one of these like depth haters who is like, oh, you know, you need to you know, squat like Lou in order for it to be a squat or whatever. But like there's sometimes where they're clearly just like just wrapped to the gills and yeah. whatever the Yeah, yeah. You know, and like they're just not doing anything. And the other problem with powerlifting is that it's so um privatized. It's almost like uh CrossFit in the sense that like, oh if you want um you know, if you want the the athletes to be able to wear your knee sleeves, you know, you need to pay like uh, hundred thousand dollars for like a four year, uh, you know, approval fee or this or yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of bullshit. You know, so it's kind of like it's almost like that where it's like there's there's just so many like competing um, commercial interests that it's it's kind of like you. I just don't even want to get involved with those people. Yeah. Um, but something like Highland Games, even though Highland Games does have a lot of privatization to it, I feel like Highland Games is actually a lot more interesting to watch, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's borderline is like, I think Strongman's pretty interesting to watch. For sure, yeah. Um, but I feel like if, if there were two strength or power sports or whatever you want to call them that I'd be interested in, it would be, um, it would be Highland Games and Strongman. Yeah. Would be the two that I'd find a lot more interesting than powerlifting. Yeah. yeah. Not to mention, there's a lot more like uh, fast movements in those sports, so it would be a lot more applicable to 
what we do with like some high speed camera stuff. Like, I'll yeah. that'd be really interesting to watch some high games and like slow motion replays and stuff. Yeah, like that caber toss and stuff. Yeah, that's what I think. Nobody yeah. really knows what's actually going on, or like the layperson wouldn't know what's actually going on when no. you see someone running with a telephone yeah. pole. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think it would be interesting. I would like to do it. It's just that, you know, I've got way too much going on with hook rip stuff yeah. um, for me to branch out. Like, I have new business ideas, like, every other week. Yeah. You know? Hook rip related like, or just I, general business? Just just, gen- just general just general ideas for things that I come across. I'm like, wow, you can make a bunch of money doing this. Yeah. But I li- – because, like, that's kind of something I've always – head is like kind of like an entrepreneurial mindset so i always come across things and i'm like wow this is bad this could be way better yeah but like i just don't have time like yeah. you know what i mean like I, as it is i already don't do all the stuff i want to do with hook rip so yeah you know i need to need to prioritize yeah i think um i think is there anything else on the so we just have um the list of unstructured questions yeah we just go with general <laughs> i think we might have um so actually what kind of now that you talk about that what's what's like a normal week for hook rip you know what are you is there a normal week or is it just literally put out fires as they come up or deal with things um you know i spend a lot of time dealing with stuff with the store uh but you know i got a new employee um one of my one of my other employees uh basically i'd say the position is more so like operations management than anything else but that makes it sound kind of like high level more high level than it is but it's basically a guy who like i have one girl who comes in and packs every morning and she has another job she's like a gymnastics coach so she leaves most days at like 12 or 1 or 2 depending on the day but she comes in at like 7 or 8 and basically packs all morning this other guy who um the the guy who was in the position he left um right before europeans um uh i got another guy basically to fill that position so when i say operations he does a combination of packing and receiving and inventory work and organizational work and even stuff like taking out the trash just like just stuff like that yeah I got a guy in here who's actually done a really, really, really good job. Like he's definitely the best person we've ever had in this position. Yeah. Um, and he he's helped to get the whole thing a lot more organized. So I haven't had to do a lot of the stuff I was doing. Like I, at one point, I was like responding to customers. He's kind of taken a lot of that off my plate. At one point, I was doing a lot of like warehouse organizational stuff, like moving things around or like getting rid of a. Let's say you have like three half full pallets and you want to combine them to one full or two full pallets. Like just doing stuff like that is stuff that needs to happen. That just takes time, you know? Yeah. So for a while I was doing that, but, um, but the last couple months I haven't had to, which has been good because it's kind of freed me up to do some other stuff. So we're actually in the middle of uh, a bunch of organizational things and a bunch of like warehouse reorganization stuff. Like without me giving you guys a tour, it's kind of tough to explain it all. But a lot yeah. of it is like how how we store the items and how we pack and like pick and ship items and stuff like that. Um, but I don't know if I have like a typical week because it just depends. Like if I'm traveling or I'm traveling soon, it's different. If 
uh, you know, now it's been different the last couple of weeks because um, this guy Ryan has gotten a lot of it under control, um, stuff like that. So it just just depends. Are you um, are you heading to Thailand for the Worlds this year, or is someone going to go in your stead? Or are you yeah, to go? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm not going to. You know, right now as we speak, I actually have one of my employees messaging me questions from AO2 in Albuquerque, and I've been ignoring his questions because it's not really critical. <laughs> Um, so hopefully he doesn't watch this because then he'll be like, why were you ignoring me? The reason I'm ignoring him is I don't want to like interrupt the podcast and yeah. be like texting people. Um, but I, so I have an employee in Albuquerque at AO2, which isn't really a great meet, but the reason that we're covering it is because it's the last qualification meet for USA weightlifting for, um, worlds. Yeah. So basically there's a bunch of good athletes there. Like, don't get, I'm not trying to say people are uh, not good mm -hmm. if they're not trying to qualify for Worlds. But what I mean is that they're not at the level where we're going to, like, put them onto Hooker for USA or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so um, most of the people at AO2 are not really something that we would normally cover just because, for the most part, we don't have anything to do with that media. Uh, we could put up the photos. But, um, you know, we're, we don't really have any use for the videos because yeah. they're not good enough to be on Hooker for USA and they're definitely not good enough to be on the main hook. So, um, you know, the main reason that we're at AO2 is because there's about 25 people there who are, I would say, Hooker for USA capable. Yeah. And there's about five or six or seven people who are main Hooker capable if they have a good performance. Yeah. So it's large, it's largely for that reason because people there are good people going like Maddie Rogers is going um, yeah Meredith Allwine is going you know Alex Lee is going Jordan Wissinger there's there's a lot of like good people who have like been on world teams in the last couple of years who are going um, and the other thing is that's good about a meet like this is that they're not going to total or win medals you know yeah. When they go to like uh, worlds, they're trying to like win medals and they're taking more conservative attempts. When they're trying to go here, they're trying to like make the world team, and they might need like a PR total to do so. Yeah, yeah. So you know, someone like uh, Morgan King is going, and I don't know if her plan is to try to make the world team, but if she wants to somehow outdo like Alyssa Ritchie doing a one ninety total at forty nine, yeah that's going to be kind of tough. So yeah. I don't know if she's going to go balls out or if she's going to, um, I don't know if there's an opportunity for her to be sent as a second 49, if she could bump someone else off or, or who knows what. But um, I do know that at these meets that are kind of like world's qualifier meets that are otherwise not really worthwhile for medals. Yeah. Sometimes you, you see some really big performances. Yeah. So, there's that meet that's going, I'm not going to that. Like I said, I have an employee there who's asking me questions. Um, I have another employee who is probably landing in the next hour or two in Peru for Pan Am Games. Which should be good, very good for uh, American weightlifting, I'd imagine. What's that? Which should be very good for uh, American weightlifting in terms of... You Pan said, Am Games? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say there should be several medals. I'm not yeah. really sure if I'm going to win any golds, though. You don't think so? What about the female? Is, uh, is she not too okay with the... Um, with the Pan American females, but is is Kate and I, her lifts I'd imagine would be close to a medal, would they? Or 
I don't think that Kate and I can win gold. No, no, medals for sure. Yeah, We're going to win yeah. a bunch of medals. Yeah. Um, gold medals is what I'm not so sure about. Yeah. Okay. Um, like, I'm pretty sure that West Kits will win a medal. Um, maybe gold. Like, West, West could win gold. Like, yeah. he's, I'd say he actually might be the best chance for gold because 109s is not as competitive. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, I'm thinking West might be the best chance for gold. But um but Kate and I the trouble for Kate is that there is no seventy one category Pan Am games. It's only Olympic categories. Oh, okay, okay. So she's gotta lift as a seventy six and the problem for her is that she's gotta go up against Lady Solis in the seventy six. Oh yeah, yeah. And Lady um is powerful. Lady, you know, unless okay, so put it this way: if Kate and I could do like two fifty-five or something, then I think that might be something that Lady couldn't catch up to. Like if Kate could do, let's say, like one twelve, one thirteen, yeah, mm-hmm. and like one forty-two or something, yeah, then I don't know if Lady could catch that because Lady's not quite as good in the snatch. But the thing is, is that if if Kate snatches, let's say Kate snatches one twelve, Lady snatches like one hundred nine or one ten, which is possible or probable is what will happen um the thing is is like i i think that lady's going to be able to take the clean and jerk to win because at 76 like back lady used to lady made a 145 clean and jerk at 69 at the last pan am games yeah which was the old pan am record and so you know i feel like lady will assuming kate can't clean and jerk like 142 143 which i'm not saying she can't i'm just saying it's not likely you know, given yeah, yeah, that her yeah, yeah. PR, I think, is like 137 or something. Which she did like but, a few days ago or something, wasn't it? Or, or very close to it. Yeah. yeah. Well, she did the 137 at uh, at Junior Worlds. Okay. Um, that, made, that made her the lightest USA female to ever clean and jerk 300 pounds. Very impressive. Which I know you guys yeah. don't care about that much. But <laughs> uh, we, we no, it is. Yeah. We appreciate nice round numbers. Yeah, we like round numbers. Yeah. But, um... I feel like Lady is gonna gonna win that unless Kate can pull a big clean and jerk out, or unless Lady's out of shape. Yeah, yeah, you know. But I kind of have the feeling that Lady will be in shape because the money that Colombian lifters get for Pan Am Games is really substantial. Okay. Um, they make a lot of money from games events. Like yeah. they they get less money for winning, like you know, like Junior Worlds or something like that. Oh, really? Then than like meddling at Pan Am Games. So for them, like meddling at Pan Am Games is very substantial yeah. of money, both bonus and they get a lifetime pension for meddling at Pan Am Games. Oh, really? That's a huge... And it can... So um, She's I dead. get the feeling that Lady will be in good shape. You would yeah. imagine it would make massive sense to be coming into good shape. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, there's... I mean, here's the other thing, too. You know, you can't forget about Nacy. You know, Who's Nacy? at 76. Nacy de Homes from Ecuador. Mm, I can't think of her. Go on. She's, she's good, is she? You don't know who Nacy is? She's I, the I, one. She won Junior World Series in a row, 2016, 2017, 2018. I can't think of her. From Ecuador, is it? I can't. No. For once ever, I think my mind's gone blank. Damn go it. on, go on Google and type in N E I S I. Type it there, actually. Nacy, she's from Ecuador. 
Yeah, N E I S I and then space Dahomes. D A J O M E S. You'll recognize her as soon as you see her. But she's um Nisi. Spell it again. N E I S I. N E I S I. Oh, there it is, though. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's really, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, exactly who she is, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, Nacy, she did 117, 142 at Worlds. I just double-checked that because I couldn't remember the exact numbers. Which is absolutely outrageous. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, 117, 142, and she's probably better now than she was. I mean, I'm not saying she's necessarily going to beat those numbers at this meet, but yeah. if she needs to, she probably could. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's like well above what Kate can do. Like, I don't even think that Kate is if, – if Nacy does 117, 142, I think it's literally impossible for Kate to win. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be fine. And and then there's also um, a Remy Fuentes from Mexico, who's a pretty good lifter as well, who did 110, 137 at Worlds. So um, basically, the 76ers are quite competitive. I do think that Kate can medal. Yeah. Um, I think that it's going to be Nacy, Lady, and Kate, but I think that Kate's more likely to get bronze than anything else. Yeah. If those lifters are in good shape, but. Um, I do think that Wes could win. Uh, I don't think that Harrison can win um, unless he's gotten a lot better, like in his comeback. Now, if Harrison's in like his all-time best shape, yeah, he yeah. could win. But I, I have seen like I know I saw he did like one one ninety the other. Um, but, but he's gonna have to do um, pretty substantial like increases over that if he wants to win. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is that Harrison does have a good base, and if he can um, stay close enough in the snatch, and he's in better shape, I mean, maybe he could pull out a big clean and jerk and, yeah. Yeah. and medal or win or something. Um, I'm trying to think of who else is there. I know Jess Lucero and Hunter Elam are there. I don't think that they have any shot to win. And I think that mainly comes down to Colombia being so strong yeah. in those categories. Like they just, like Colombia is just too good at those categories. Yeah. You know, yeah. they've got like uh, Rosie Silgado, um, what's her name, Camila Lobon, and like Mercedes Perez. Like they just have some some monsters in those yeah. categories. Yeah. Um, who else is there? Is CJ? The CJ didn't go to. He's not gone to this, is he? CJ skipped it because it wasn't a gold event. Oh, okay. okay. Nathan um, Damron is there, isn't he? Oh, he is, yeah, but he's not in What's that? Nathan Damron. Damron's there, but, uh, you know, I I don't really know the, the 96 Pan Am landscape that well. Yeah. Um, I, I would need to look at the start list. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's out. I assume it's out somewhere. Let me see. Maybe the... Um, I mean, I think it starts like tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, like I said, I, I literally have an athlete, or not an athlete, I have an employee who's like Flying. landing there in the next um, hour or two. Let me check on his plane one second. Uh, okay, yeah, he's landing in. Let's see. 
was landing in an hour and a half. So, um, I don't, I don't know. I need to check the start list. Maybe the start list is on like the Pan Am games website, but I don't think that Nathan can do more than about, uh, like 160, 200 range as like, you know, on a consistent basis. So I think a lot of it comes down to who shows up in the 96s. The thing is, is that, uh, Cuba always seems like they have a good 96. Um, Brazil has a 96. The guy, um, he's like Albanian slash Brazilian, but his oh. his sister lifted for Albania. Is he bald? Um, is he bald? Yeah. Yeah. His yeah, last yeah. name is Belly. Yeah. Belly. So um, he he can always do around 160, 200. Yeah. And you know, um, uh, Bodhi can probably do. I don't know what sort of shape Bodhi has gotten himself back into. It looks but like at good one shape. point, Bodhi, yeah, yeah, seems to be in good shape. But last, um, last year at Worlds, Bodhi snatched like one seventy five and clean and jerked like two hundred eight or something like that. Like, like if he's in that sort of shape, like I don't, like, there's no way Nathan's beating someone doing like no, seventy no, two hundred eight. I mean, even though I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Nathan and and Hunter and you know and, and whatever. I just, you know, we all know he can't do those numbers. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know. I don't. I don't think that Nathan can medal, but it just it depends a little bit on the land. It, it might be that there's not much that I don't know, I'm trying to think. Like Colombia doesn't really have a good 96. Ecuador doesn't really have a good 96 that I can think of. Peru, I don't think so. You know, who knows? I mean, may, yeah. maybe Nathan can yeah. in a bronze if he has like a performance of a lifetime and yeah. someone. Yeah. Some of these other countries don't don't send their best ninety sixes or something. Who knows? Yep. Yeah. Um, I think that's been we been really really good. Yeah, been phenomenal. Two and a half hours, which is uh, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, we yeah. thanks very much for your time. We really appreciate your time for sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, thanks. I love chatting weightlifting anytime. Yeah. Same and here. thanks very much for putting unbelievable content online. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'd say thousands of hours of my life have been. On your YouTube page. Oh, I actually have a quick question for you. Are you... How come you've stopped the kind of training... Or not stopped the training of videos, but kind of postponed them? Have you... Is there a reason for that? Or are you just having at the time? Or So, you know, the YouTube thing... A lot of it came down to... So, before... Um, before the 2017 world footage... Um, so, before the Anaheim footage... I had always said, you know what, let's just let's just put up videos that don't take up much time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We essentially what we did was we just strung together videos. We didn't really put anything in the description. We didn't really do an intro. We didn't do outros. We didn't do slow mo stuff. Yeah. We literally just like took the videos, organized them by lifter or team, and dumped them online. Yeah. And Which I never expected. We love. I love watching those videos. All of them like are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, here's the thing. I never expected those videos to be popular. Yeah. But then I was like, you know what? Um, and, you know, it had some stuff to do with Gregor's channel and it had some stuff to do with some other channels. Basically, like, it's not, it's actually not so much Gregor's channel, but um, it, w- it was a little bit of a factor. Um, but it had a lot to do with all these kind of like garbage channels putting together highlight videos of people. 
mm-hmm. that somehow are crazy popular on so popular. yeah yeah unbelievable I've seen some like highlight videos, like one of them, it might've been like weightlifting news agent videos yeah, that yeah, were like yeah. crazy popular, Yeah. but it's not just them. There's another channel called like snake fam yeah. that yeah. puts up some videos that are crazy popular. And I was like, you know what? I was like, this is ridiculous that our stuff um, can't really gain any traction on YouTube. Um, but this stuff is much more popular. So what I decided to do was I just watched maybe 10 or 20 of the most popular videos from Gregor and most popular videos, which I'd already seen a lot of Gregor's, but some, maybe like five or six other channels that have popular weightlifting videos. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm going to try to integrate some of the elements into our 2017 videos. Yeah. So I kind of made those a little bit better. Like we put in good descriptions where we put in like what there's a little like table of contents for all the 2017 training hall videos and there's like there's an intro and for a lot of the videos we actually change the intro from video to video to make it like kind of like an indicator of things to come and yeah blah blah blah. and we did some more slow-mo stuff in the middle and we um we focused more on a bunch of like higher like we kind of like higher production value stuff where we like figured out before we even started posting how many parts there would be. Yeah. Like for instance, we did like a five part Lydia thing where we said like part one of five. Mm-hmm. And I did that mainly for the YouTube algorithm. Cause if people landed on part two of five, it would always suggest part three of five as the next one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I did a bunch of things to try to improve it, but I still just wasn't happy with the numbers. Like, we we still just weren't hitting enough views for enough of those videos for it to be worth it to me so it basically came down to it just wasn't uh like you know in in my mind like it doesn't necessarily have to necessarily directly lead to dollars yeah but there has to be like enough clear benefit yeah like if you look through um i'm gonna pull it up real quick just so i can actually give it because I don't have these numbers memorized. But if I look through the, the hook grip YouTube and I just look at the recent, you know, not, not that there are that many recent videos, but let's say the, the most, you know, uh, latest uploaded videos. Like, for instance, we did a video of Dostan Yakubov doing a heavy session when he was lifting. Keep in mind, this was before the new classes. So he was lifting as a 69 at Asian Games. And he did a 185 clean and jerk in that session. Yeah. And like we made a good thumbnail for it. It's in the title. That's a big lift. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's from eight months ago. And it has 10,000 views. Yeah. 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 That's just not good. Yeah. Like it's, it's not worth the effort of doing all the editing. And you know, we have another video of um, the the Iraqi guys like Salwan and Safa. Yeah. Which where like Salwan was a 105 at this meet and he did a 225 clean and jerk. Yeah. 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 Crazy. And Safa was an 85 at this meet and he did a 200 clean and jerk. Like those are big numbers. Yeah. And it's literally also eight months ago and it has 19,000 views. Yeah. Yeah. From eight months ago. Now it'd be one thing if it got like 19 two days, I'd be like, okay, that's that's decent pace. Yeah. But like the video and like the video numbers, like even like we have Sora Moradi, Olympic champion. Yeah. 
doing 172.20 as a 94 for his heavy session before he broke the snatch world record at Asian Games nine months ago, 16,000 views. Makes sense. So, yeah. you know what I mean? So some of these videos I kind of expected to not do well. Like, for instance, we put up the videos from the Taiwan National Training Center. It was like a three-part thing. Mm-hmm. I knew those wouldn't do well because, let, let's be frank, like there's really nothing that interesting in them. Yeah. Um, I just thought it would be interesting to put up the videos because it was a new setting more yeah. so yeah. than like, you know, just you would get an inside look at the Taiwan National Training Center more yeah. so than you would be like, wow, blown away by these lifts or whatever. But some of these videos, like, it just doesn't make sense uh, why the view numbers are so low. Yeah. Yeah. In my mind, you know, and the thing is, is that to do these YouTube videos in like a more uh, um, in-depth style, like let's say you're doing the, the custom thumbnail, you're doing a table you're doing an intro you're doing this and that and like you're doing some slow-mo editing and you're you know all this stuff i would say the total amount from the time you start doing it to gather the footage i don't mean shoot the footage i mean gather it from hard drives yeah to the point where you literally hit publish a lot of them are between like a six to eight hour project i would say it's like a normal time frame yeah um it's just not possible to do that in like an hour like literally no. just the thumbnail takes half an hour. Yeah, yeah. So basically I just decided it just wasn't worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Um you know, which is kind of a shame because we have oh I've still been shooting the footage. Yeah. Because I've been trying to figure out a good way to publish it in a way that makes sense for us and yeah. makes sense for users. So what I've thought about doing is I've thought about returning to the style where we do no table of contents yeah yeah slow-mo no intro no production value yeah but the thing is is like i i think that that wouldn't really be worth it either and i think it would be like a step back for the youtube channel so i i've just been kind of trying to decide what to do and and it has nothing to do with um money because we don't monetize the youtube channel yeah okay um it's just it comes down to like okay why would i invest uh eight hours of my employee's time into editing a video that'll get seen nine thousand times in eight months when i could have them edit uh you know something else that just gets much much wider reach on like facebook or instagram or whatever do those um, so, Instagram videos, those training hall ones, they definitely got a lot of uh, kind of, what would you say? Uh, traction. Traction, yeah. They seem very popular sometimes. Well, we haven't done that many Instagram training hall videos. Are you talking? Like stories and the stuff. Stories? Yeah. Stories. Yeah, I like to do the stories because the stories I can get up in a very timely manner with yeah. relatively little effort. Yeah. Um, like I can, usually what I'll do is I'll take videos all day on my phone. And then if we have a break, like let's say there's a lunch break where there's no one in the training hall from like one to two, then I'll upload like six or seven. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll keep shooting. And then at the end of the night, while my stuff, while all my videos for my main camera are offloading to my computer, I'll just like lay in bed and like post another six or seven from my phone. Yeah. And it just doesn't take that much effort. It doesn't take that much work and they get up quickly. And yeah, those actually have great reach. Like it's normal for me to have a story like once the story reaches the 24 hour mark 
it's normal for for a hundred thousand people to have seen yeah it. that's crazy you know and i, I love and, watching those as well yeah very good they're like yeah. the best way of they staying can... up to date with what's happening at a lot of those smaller competitions yeah where you're not like watching yeah. it online live and I, tre- I tend to put them into the highlight, too. So if you ever want to go back and watch something, you can go to our Instagram profile and click through the highlight to I see it. it. Now, some of the highlights are, have so many videos that it actually re- it hit the max. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you look at our World's 2018 highlight, the, the videos that are at the start of the highlight are actually gone because oh, yeah. I, I literally overran the, yeah. Yeah. the highlight. So what I might do this year is I might do like a world's part one, world's part two, where I might try to figure out how many videos I can put in the highlight and then do a second one yeah. so I don't run out again. Yeah. But um, but I like doing that because, yeah, it, it gets the word out. Like for, for the highlight stuff, half an hour after I post a new highlight, if it's daylight hours in the U.S., it will have had 20,000 people see it. Yeah. Which, which is like crazy reach compared to the YouTube video where yeah. – it's like nothing near it, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I've kind of tried to decide with YouTube. I've gone back and forth and I've had my employee edit some test videos that I haven't really been thrilled with. So we haven't put them live. Yeah. Like he edited the, the Toshiki heavy session from worlds, which I never put up, um, which I know would be popular cause it's Toshiki, but, yeah. um, it, I just, I just wasn't happy with the, with the editing. Um, but, at some point, we'll get back into it when I figure out a good uh, strategy. Yeah. Now, what I might do, and and something I have thought about doing, um, even though I've never wanted to kind of paywall or uh, kind of hide any of our content, I, I never wanted to. And I have nothing against what Gregor does because I'm actually I think I suggested a lot of what he does with his Patreon. Yeah. To him. Um. But. But with the early access stuff and whatever, I've never wanted to do that. that that's actually but, what we did recently as well. We we started the Patreon, but we just literally said that they, there's no advantage. There's no advantage to supporting the Patreon. It's just for the podcast, so it's not part of our programming company or whatever, strength training. It's literally just, if you like the podcast, we don't have any ads in it as of yet, which we will at some point. Yeah. But if you like it, you can just donate $2 a month, and there's not going to be anything free, and there's going to be no advantages. Because we don't like the idea of like, uh, for us, like we're just trying to give out free information. Yeah. Because it comes back around eventually to us, so there's just no benefit, and it's kind of we don't want that kind of exclusive kind of gang thing. But anyway, sorry, you were saying. Bit of a tangent. Well, what I've considered doing is, I've considered to do some sort of like hybrid, uh, Patreon style thing slash hookrip store related thing slash content thing. And so one of my ideas was to do something along the lines of basically uh, let, let's say it was a Patreon and let's say, let's say that with the, you know, cause it costs more than just the hourly rate that you pay someone. But let's say that a YouTube video, once I've shot the footage yeah, to, to finish it from the point where it's sitting on a hard drive here, Let's say that on average that costs two hundred to three hundred dollars in employee time, which is probably about accurate. Maybe not three hundred, but I would say two hundred is pretty yeah. normal. Um, I've thought about doing a Patreon where I literally just say, "All right, every two hundred dollars that we get, there will be a YouTube video." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's actually fairly reasonable. Yeah, yeah. and 
and I would do like so basically obviously you could make the argument that oh you know you're getting uh branding or whatever from releasing a YouTube video with like hooker watermarks and this and that but you know I'm also not charging in any way for the fact that we paid to go to an event yeah we paid someone to shoot an event we paid for cameras we you know yeah. paid for media passes all that stuff so um you could make that that argument but what i've thought about doing is something relatively straightforward like that like two hundred dollars every two hundred dollars that this patreon gets like like if it has ten dollars a month that means that every 20 months we're releasing a youtube video yeah <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah yeah if we got four hundred dollars a month we're releasing two videos yeah yeah if we get 1200 a month, we're releasing six. Yeah. And that way, that way it would be something where I wouldn't worry, not so much worry, but I wouldn't feel like I need to prioritize the view counts. Yeah. 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 Because it would be essentially be paid for by the viewers and it would be a very straightforward pricing model and that would be it. Um, and I would feel like I could commit to to do it to taking the employee time to do that because at least it's you know it's kind of being supplemented by the viewers i just don't feel like view counts like ten thousand for that yakuba video add up to being worth that much in employee time versus the other things yeah, yeah. and you know i know some people some people in their mind have this idea that hook grip is very wealthy and like atg is very poor or something like that yeah you know, some people have that in their mind, but the thing is, is that I, um, I put a bunch of money into Hookrip years ago, basically money that I had from the poker stuff. Yeah, and I've essentially stopped putting money into it. So at this point, Hookrip is self-sustaining. Yeah, yeah, and um, and I invested a certain amount of money, which which was a lot. It was literally uh, like six figures of money or whatever invested. Yeah, yeah, um. And that that's essentially like my, you know, capital investment into Hookrip. And at this point, I've decided I'm not going to invest any more money into Hookrip. At this point, it's got to be self-sustaining. Yeah, yeah, very reasonable. Yeah. And the thing is, is that Hookrip doesn't make enough money to have more than one video editing employee. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so I've got to choose. Uh, I, Hookrip makes enough money to... And by the way, here's another interesting fact about Hookrip. I've never paid myself. What? what? I've never paid myself anything. Jeez. Like I still basically the money that I have that I I like live off of is from poker stuff. That is crazy. Um, Damn it. I've never paid myself. <laughs> but now of course I've gotten some things out of it like uh um you know, like I don't like like guys like some of the trips I go on yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, like uh, our borderline whether they really should be business expenses and stuff like that. But I've never paid myself, and essentially what I've acquired from my investment into Hookrip is a couple of things. One, I have a warehouse full of stuff. Yeah, that's worth that's worth a lot more than the money I have initially invested into Hookrip. Yeah, like I have a lot of inventory. Um. I mean, we have literally hundreds of pallets of inventory. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a good amount of stuff. I have that. I have a lot of camera equipment. You know, I have a five-figure amount of camera equipment. I mean, I literally have, you know, 
shit sitting everywhere. I mean, just cameras. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. We bought our, our first camera today, or um, Sony. Yeah. We got our first one. Yeah. It's not not quite so, the same. Yeah, Horse but mark. I have a lot of valuable camera equipment, and then of course I have. I mean, this is maybe arguably the the most valuable thing or whatever. But I have a whole bunch of accounts that have a lot of followers. Yeah. And I have a big library of 179 events of media. Um, so that's literally like what I've been, quote, paid from Hooker is a warehouse full of stuff. Yeah. A bunch of camera equipment. Yeah. yeah. Um, media and social media accounts. So I'm not saying Hooker like hasn't made money because that's not that's not the right way to put it. But the thing is, is that cash wise hooker definitely cannot afford like a second full-time uh video editing employee yeah, yeah. And the thing is is that i get messages from people all the time saying um like oh i want to edit videos for you yeah here's the problem they're in like you know hungary or they're in you know somewhere in asia or yeah. they're in you know, mexico or the, even in the u.s it's not possible to transfer this amount of footage. Like I have many, many terabytes of footage. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy yeah. amounts. Like, yeah. You know, I actually have an idea. Hold on a second. I'm going to take a picture of something and then show it to the screen. All right. So this is the picture I just took. I don't know if you can see it, but it's like hard drives. Yeah. And a big hard yeah, drive yeah, yeah, case. Yeah. 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 And, like I have tons and tons of hard drives everywhere in here. Like I, I literally just took that picture, but there's another stack of like, is there like hard drives. There's like 15 below. hard drives in that picture. More. It's well, more. and then a huge block. So the big thing at the top is a 12 bay Thunderbolt three enclosure. Okay. Which has, I have four empty slots in it right now. So it has eight drives in it. And then there's another, uh, nine, fourteen. Yeah, so there, there's another thirteen drives below. So on the shelf Jesus. below is thirteen drives. Yeah, and the top thing is eight drives, and those are all like ten terabyte or eight Jesus terabyte Christ. drives. That is a and, crazy amount of data. And hold on a second. Let me grab a couple things. Here's a couple other drives. <laughs> so holy shit. Hard oh drives. Do you know what's on all of those? What's that? Do you know what's on those? Or like, yeah, yeah, okay. So they're all they're all numbered if you see them. Yeah. yeah so yeah. for the people who no, are listening at home, this is uh, these two big aluminium cases stacked full of hard drives as well. Or if you're American, aluminum. Aluminum. Uh, that's a crazy aluminium. amount. Yeah. I mean, hold on a second. <laughs> Board. doesn't pay himself so these don't these don't have drives in them but these i just bought on prime day so these are 20 okay these are for 20 yeah. so these are about to get filled up and brought for additional off-site because hold on let me just put this back um what i do for backup right now i don't um, I guess I'm, I don't, I don't think there's anyone like coming after the hooker. 
media archive. Yeah. But yeah. That thing up there that I showed you a picture of is a full set of the hook rip stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. On the other side of the wall to my right is my video editor employee's office. Yeah. He has another full set. Yeah, so there's those, multiple copies. Um, those those uh, aluminium cases have another full set, even though I'm, I'm going to call it aluminium. But um, <laughs> even though those those aren't quite complete, it doesn't have like 2019. It has through, I think it has through 2018 AO. Yeah, okay. Then I have a storage unit not too far away from here that has another full set. And... I have a full set at my apartment. So, so um, basically impossible to give it to anyone who's not in your office. What's that? So it's basically impossible for you to give any kind of footage yeah. to anyone. Yeah. And then these will be other full sets. Like I'm going to put one at my parents' house. Um, and I'll probably, I'm not sure what I'll do with you, but I might replace some of the cases because some of the other cases, like I have used, um, hold on a second. The amount of hair drives. I've never seen anything like it. Literally haven't. So we're probably after seeing 45 hair drives? Easy, more. Easy. 60 hair drives. Yeah, with plans for more. Yeah. I did have some cheaper cases that I use like these. Yeah. Yeah. Which are, I don't know if you can see this, but it's like a cardboard box with slots for hard drives. Yeah. Yeah. And so I did use these, so I might upgrade some of these to those plastic cases just yeah. to be a little bit better. But um, I forgot how we got on the topic of the hard drive stuff. But but basically, um, yeah, there's no way to have another video employee from afar. It just doesn't work. Like, it's too much footage to transfer. It's like, I mean, the whole hook rip archive is like 100 terabytes right now yeah that's crazy you know? and i have so many copies of it i literally i'm, I'm closing in on having a petabyte of data Jesus. now of course not a petabyte of unique data but like yeah. a petabyte of yeah with all the copies so um it's just like you know the the video editing employee time is relatively valuable and he doesn't just do video editing he also does photo editing okay and it saves me a lot of time because we put up these albums of people from meets where people can like like then then uh, download the pictures and post them. And for instance, Junior Worlds is finished now. Um, I and I didn't do one bit of it. Like I actually I do need to go through and double check some stuff and put it online, but like he'll literally process like tens of thousands of photos. Yeah. That I don't even have to look at. You know, so that like saves me time to go do other stuff. And so it really comes down to the YouTube stuff really comes down to views per. I don't, it's not just views, but let's call it impact per hour of employee time. Yeah. And the YouTube videos were way too low. Yeah. 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 So. Um, and what I could do is I could do. um like literally just the most popular stuff. Like I could do what Gregor does, which is like, all right, well, you know, I'm going to do Clarence Kennedy videos. I'm going to yeah. do Yatao videos. I'm going to do Shizu Yang videos. And mm -hmm. I'm going to do, um, you know, like, you know, Lu Jun videos or something like that. But 
I don't know. It, to, to me, it just felt like I, I wanted to. I wanted to be able to do like the full breadth. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah, wanted to yeah. be able to like upload things that I knew wouldn't be as popular, but things that I know are interesting. Like an example is is that we all know that like Ali Davoudi is probably the super of the future for um for the for the Iranians. Yeah. And like I put up an Ali Davoudi heavy training hall video, uh, 2018 Junior World, so like a year ago. And he literally did a 180-220 heavy day, and a year later it has seven and a half thousand views. Yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which just which just worth isn't it. That, which just isn't worth it at all. Um, but the thing is, is like when Ali Davoudi wins like the 2024 Olympics. I mean, I don't know, maybe Lasha will still be lifting heavy or whatever. But you know, when Ali Davoudi at some point in the future does like 210, 250. Um, it's going to be interesting to look back on that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So there's some things that I do that I know aren't necessarily interesting or going to do well at the time. But like, like I want to have more like uh, creative freedom. I don't want to be like a slave to to views yeah. on yeah. YouTube. Where yeah. Like literally all I do is put up, you know, Chinese guys training topless, you know. Yeah, clickbait. Yeah. Yeah, just like clickbait sort of stuff. Like, and the things that do best tend to be squat thumbnails. People um, love squats. Squats are just outrageously, like, universally. Everybody loves squats. Yeah. Like, if you look at, like, Lydia's uh, videos from 2017 World. So, part one, I'm looking at this now. Part one, she went 115-142, which I think she literally still has not exceeded in terms of a total in competition or out of competition since that day um and it got fifty-five thousand views uh from it says one year ago but it's been more than a year yeah. but, um all right so fifty-five thousand a year later it's not part two where she did a 180 squat has two hundred eighty-five thousand views yeah crazy okay. yeah and then part three where she did some powers 37,000. Yeah. Part four, 19,000. Part five, 50,000. So, like, it's just like literally, it just gets blown away by the squat thumbnail. Yeah, squats. You know, and if you look at a. Yeah, if you look at any of these, the squat thumbnails tend to do the best. Yeah. So it's kind of like, should I, um, should I just kind of do, you know, and like the, the Lee Sang Yan video from two months ago has 80,000, which isn't that bad. Um, you don't want to become a slave to squat thumbnails and squat videos, I suppose, is the problem. Yeah, it's just like YouTube. Um, I don't know. Another thing I've thought about is I've I've wondered if our channel gets penalized because I don't monetize the videos. Oh, oh so the algorithms are pushing you down. Well, I, I've wondered if that's the case. I don't yeah. know if it's the case, um, but I've wondered if that's the case, and I've. I've wondered if I should try just putting ads on videos and just see what happens. Yeah, see yeah. It goes up. I've always wanted to not do ads because I get annoyed by ads. But, yeah. uh, you know, if it if it's part of the YouTube algorithm to, and it would make sense that they would want to push stuff yeah. they're making it cut. Kind of, um, then then maybe I should turn on ads that'll be very interesting to see yeah. the result of you turning on ads on like a select number of videos and seeing 
what happened? What I'm thinking about doing is I'm thinking about putting up a video that I know is going to be popular. Yeah. Like like a Toshiki heavy training hall from Worlds, or maybe like I could even do like a literally just like a highlight clip of like a whole bunch of like Tian Tao highlights from like 2018 Worlds and 2019 Asians and other and whatever. And I, I just know it would be popular no matter what. And then just putting on ads and just seeing like, does it go really crazy yeah. above and beyond what I think it would do otherwise? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, am I going to end up with a video that has like 300,000 views in a couple months or something? Yeah. 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 Whereas like normally if I put up like a Toshiki heavy training video, um, with no ads, I would guess, uh, in, in six months, it might be at like 70,000 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which isn't you know? huge compared to what like snake famine the news yeah. agent get on their videos, you know, and they, unoriginal footage just junk or not junk but you know clips put together like yeah so i wonder i mean i mean put it this way it just for the youtube stuff to happen it just has to be worth it to us in some way yeah um and the reason that you know uh at some point years ago i would have thought differently because i would have thought well you know what even if it's not helping still helping the sport the thing is, is that Gregor is already putting up a lot of the best footage from a lot of these training halls. And it's really not hurting the sport that much for us to not be uploading to YouTube. Like, it's not like the sport has fallen apart because we've done less uploading to YouTube yeah, in the last yeah. year. So it's not so much that. It's more so at this point, it's got to be it's got to be overall beneficial enough for us. We don't necessarily have to be, you know, I don't, I don't want to be like, you know, uh, saying that I've got to, you know, be, you know, cruising, you know, in like the Mediterranean on like my private yacht <laughs> off of the- <laughs> or something. Yeah. But like, it's got to be, it's, yeah. it's, it's got, the, the, the value to, to employee time had gotten way out of whack. Yeah. Put it yeah. that way. So, um, I've thought about different things and at some point I'll probably do some more tests. Like, you might see like what I know will be a popular video pop up and I'll just monetize it from the start. Yeah. Yeah. And just see, see if that kind of blows up. And if that does, then maybe, maybe I'll try putting up something that I would call more mediocre, but still popular. Yeah. Obviously I know shitty content won't do well no matter what, but yeah. um, I'm talking like something where it's like a slightly lesser known person, like a Yakubov or a Ali Dabudi or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, interesting. But it should it shouldn't be like I don't want YouTube to be the 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 ten or twenty most popular people in weightlifting, and that's it. No, no, it shouldn't be. Yeah, not not yeah. especially as how you you kind of said you've started. You know, was... as you said as well, like that that kind of resource of having a guy who's going to medal in in eight years or in ten years, and then having that bank of footage there, yeah. the people can go back and can compare. Yeah, what he was like before or what she was like before. It is a really important resource. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it's cool. And I don't want to necessarily um, just like wait till people are good and then post it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's kind of cool to have that video be up there, be like, oh, wow. Yeah. You know, like this is a, like, you know, in 2025, if someone is like, wow, shit, look at this like seven year old Ali Dabuti video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, now, 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 now look what he's like or something. Um, you know, stuff like that. I'd also like to do 
possibly get started again. I don't know if you know, but we have like a Hook Rip 2 YouTube channel that where we literally just put all of our country Instagram videos. No, um, I, I've no. never seen that. No, literally never. So the Hook Rip 2 channel is essentially every one minute video that we did for, or some of them are shorter than one minute, but all the videos we did for Instagram, like it literally has thousands of videos on it. But what's nice about it is, is that there's no pressure for any individual video to do well, but it does really well whenever people do well in um, like an event. People start yeah. Googling their name and we yeah. get like hits off of that. Yeah. Now, sometimes it's for bad reasons. Like for instance, there was a guy in Colombia who we had a video of who ended up getting killed in some sort of like by like some gangbangers. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, that guy, Edwin Mosquera. Yeah. And so when the Edwin Mosquera thing happened, all of a sudden we were getting tons of views and tons of comments on his videos, you know, and other examples would be, you know, um, like when Tia Claire Toomey won the CrossFit games, all of a sudden we started getting a ton of hits on her videos. On Hooker yeah. Two. Oh, yeah. So, you know, um, I've thought about getting the Hooker Up 2 thing restarted just to kind of get more videos out there and make them more searchable. Yeah. Um, because we, we literally have thousands of videos that have been edited that have gone onto Instagram that haven't been published on Hooker Up 2. So we might do that. I'm not really sure. But um, once again, it's just a matter of like I have a limited number of hours in the day for my employees to work on stuff. And I just have to choose the thing that's best. Yeah. But yeah. I would love to have Hooker Up make enough money to hire a second video editing yeah. employee. But, um. It doesn't really, mainly because like we we don't sell things for really high margins. Um, now there's some some uh, you know exceptions like some of the vintage weightlifting shoes we obviously sell for a lot of money, but it's still not high margin because I buy them for a lot. Yeah. Um, but we don't sell things for high margins, and we have a lot of kind of overhead costs and expenditures with like the warehouse and other costs and this and that. And getting a second video editing employee just wouldn't yeah. be yeah, yeah. in the cards unless we started to make a bunch more money. So um, it's possible that I'll do the kind of like Patreon style thing um, with and and just basically say you know set some number for how how often we we release videos and maybe that maybe that's the way to go because it's possible that there's a dedicated audience of. I would say like a couple hundred people who are more than happy to pay five or ten dollars yeah. to be able to get like five or six extra videos a month. Yeah. Yeah. Um and but there's just not that mass market audience no people who watch it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and and if there's just let's say there's really not many people out there who want these videos, then then we would find that out that way as well you know yeah, yeah. like if, if the patreon has uh you know a hundred four dollars a month after six months yeah then well you know there's your answer people yeah. don't really care yeah yeah so yeah. Then, then i was probably right to just stop you know yeah so we'll see maybe, maybe i'll do that maybe i'll go another route but i'll 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 do some experiments and see what we do with youtube yep we'll be patiently watching all of those youtube videos over and over again yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thank Sounds you good. so much. For Thanks very much. That's a massive one. Yeah. Uh, so how long have we been going for? I don't even see a three, clock on here. Three hours and 11 minutes. Yeah. 
Nice. Hopefully yeah. that's a record. Definitely. <laughs> easily twice as long as anything we've ever done so far. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Nice. I'm always about I'm all about setting podcast length records. I don't think <laughs> listen to did you listen to any of the two doctors ones that Gregor and I did in like Asia? Yeah. Some listened, of the other. Yeah. Yeah. They were good. You know, you know all about our attempts yeah. to set records. <laughs> They're very good. Actually. Yeah, those are very good. Actually, you should, are you planning to do more of those at this year at the Worlds? Yeah, we'll do some of this year's Worlds, even though it's going to be tougher because I'm staying in a house and Gregor's working for the IWF. So he'll be in the like oh, official okay. hotel, oh, which okay. won't really be in our house. Yeah. Um, but actually Bafa is coming down tomorrow to visit the hooker palace and we're going to do a podcast the hooker so, palace is that what you call it yeah <laughs> yeah nice lovely um when are you guys going to come visit the hooker palace it's not that far from ireland it's like a six-hour flight is it all yeah, yeah well, definitely come visit if we're in uh, america yeah 100 percent. hopefully sometime soon yeah do you have a barren plate that we can use yeah oh really nice which I have a uh, wait. You said bar and plates, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, no. There's like a full workout area with like nice. Yes. I, I think I have like I have something like twenty male bars back there. Oh really? What? Yeah. Oh, we'll definitely be over. Yeah, employee benefits. Yeah. That's very cool. You should do um. You should do like a tour video of it if you haven't done it yet on YouTube. I imagine that would. You know, the reason I haven't done the tour is because um, I actually think it's funny how people, like some people, um, some people have this, con people have very mixed conceptions of how big Hook Rip is. Yeah. Some people think it's like dozens of people and like some like massive factory and like massive warehouse. Like some people think like, have you ever seen the videos of what like the Gymshark warehouse and offices yeah, look like? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Like some people have this concept that we're like that, where we have like multi-million dollar warehouses and yeah, you know this and that. And some people have this concept that it's just me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in your mom's basement. You know? <laughs> like some people have this concept that I literally edit everything, I ship everything, I pack everything, I, you know, every single thing that you see is related to me. Like, like for instance, um, I put up. Uh, I just thought this was funny. That's why I got to bring it up. But um, I put up the, uh, the, we have like some new neoprene sleeves that we came out with maybe um, like four months ago or something like that. Like it's kind of just like a new style, like new aesthetics and a couple other changes. So just for the hell of it, I decided to put them up on Amazon in the, and just made them, I made them seller fulfilled, which means that when the orders come in, they come to us and we ship it. Yeah. And some guy ordered them. And he left our first Amazon review on the product. And uh, and it, he literally said some like a whole bunch of stuff I can't remember. And then his, the last thing he said at the end of it was, thanks, Nat. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like this, is, this is weird because yeah. I didn't I didn't ship that. Like, yeah. I yeah. don't, you know, like, OK, yeah, I was involved in the product development. Yeah, but like, yeah. you didn't send that. I didn't ship it like. I'm, I'm one of my employees shipped it, but I'm guessing I, I just know that I didn't, but the, yeah. um, I, I just think it's funny. Like I'll get tons of people who I don't know, who I've like never met. I've never seen like this and that they'll like, they'll post a video and they'll be like, thanks Nat. Or like, they'll say like, thanks at, at Nat Aram or something yeah. like that. And I'm like, I'm like, it's just weird because one of the reasons I started with it, with a brand is because 
people are much more apt to follow a brand than they are to follow a person. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Like, if, if instead of calling it Hooker, if I called it like Nat's Weightlifting Photos or something. Yeah. And like made that the Facebook name. Yeah. Like literally, it would have grown at like one fiftieth the rate. Yeah. You yeah, know. Yeah. And that's actually advice I gave to Gregor way, way back in like twenty, um, twenty fourteen Worlds, which was his first meet. I still remember like sitting down with him in the hotel in Almaty, like on like the first or second day there. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Because literally, he he didn't have an Instagram then. Did he not? Fuck. Yeah. That's I don't know crazy. If you remember that. No. There was no. There was no ATG Instagram. He had a personal Instagram where he would post some stuff. Yeah. But he literally had no Instagram. And his reason for not having an Instagram was because he couldn't get the name All Things Gym. Oh, seriously? How did he, how did he, he end up getting it? No, sure. Oh, he he at ATG Insta. It's ATG Insta. All yeah. Things Gym is, is like some dormant account that posted like some bodybuilding photos like oh, six years ago. Oh, fuck. So, Such a waste. Yeah. Um, he still doesn't have all things gym Instagram, but the other thing too was that his Twitter even yeah. wasn't all things gym. His Twitter, he would tweet stuff under like Gregor Winter. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. He had this he had this branding problem where like he had like no no name that people could follow across different sites. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and like it, it's kind of weird because I've always tried to keep Hooker separate from me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like one thing that's funny that, that some people like don't even believe, like some people go check this after I tell them this, but I don't follow Nat Aram with the hooker account. <laughs> just in case. No, no, no. I just, I just don't follow it. Cause yeah. I'm like, I'm like, why would I follow Nat Aram? Nat Aram's not a weightlifting. Yeah. 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 You know what yeah. I mean? I try to follow weightlifting accounts. Yeah. So, um, it's kind of the same reason why I don't do the tour stuff because I've always tried to kind of keep hook rip a little bit, uh, mysterious, like not, um, not let people know this is the exact scale of it. Yeah. Whether that's big or small. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm not, I'm not trying to like hide like, Oh, we're big or, Oh, we're small or either way. Like, yeah. Um, and also I don't really like hide it, hide it because there's actually three or four people who have come taken tours, taken videos and put them on YouTube yeah so the, the videos the videos exist out there yeah so we just need to find I, I them never, i've never like extensively promoted it and i've never like extensively promoted myself i've always tried to like make it about hook grip yeah uh lift, make hook grip about lifters like i even had to i'm not sure if you saw what happened in tokyo but they said that you couldn't post oh yes yeah, a, a video like a business account couldn't post a video or something. Yeah. So I actually posted that on my personal account first. And then when I gave, I had to, I did like the repost credit. I literally didn't even tag myself on purpose. Yeah. Just keep it up. Like if you look back, if you look back at those, it says like video credit in that era, but I didn't put the at sign in. Yeah. So no yeah. And I just did that just, just to kind of like troll the, uh, organizing committee a little bit, but, um, like I've never tried to make it about me, you know what I mean? Um, even though, here's the thing. If you want to talk about YouTube strategy, the thing that would get the most views, the things that do the best on YouTube are more like personal videos. Yeah. yeah. Like if yeah. I started doing like vlogging videos, like if I vlog going to a meet and talking to people and some interviews with people and intersperse some training hall footage and 
did some some other like clickbaity stuff like the time that you know i ran onto the platform and yeah you know did a did a deadlift or something at worlds like <laughs> you know um like that that's what would do the best yeah. like that's what would like if you think about who people follow on youtube yeah the things that do the best aren't um i like how it, we've been on so long like, we <laughs> turn, on. turn on the lights like you know, if, if the lighting situation hasn't changed, then you haven't been on long enough. <laughs> um, the, the thing is, is like, how many brands do you follow on on YouTube? Yeah, that's true. Like, not not that many. Like, no. Who, who's like like? Oh, you know, I you know what I love the Nike YouTube. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. People don't, don't follow brands on YouTube. People follow brands on like Instagram. Yeah. yeah. But on, on YouTube, you mainly follow people. Yeah, you know. I, I would and watch that. Um, like the only way you're talking about that kind of vlog style for that would be I would probably I would watch it. Like, you know, it's kind of one of those. Yeah. I definitely watch it. Yeah, yeah. Because I would be interested. Is it something you think you'll do it? Would you do it, or you want to keep it away? Um, you know, I've always tried to keep, uh, like I said, hook grip separate from myself. Yeah, yeah. But um. But it is something I'm kind of growing more open to the idea of. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't mind turning our YouTube into a combination of, like, educational stuff. And not, not like, not like oh, here's how to do a Snatch education, yeah. Yeah. like, yeah. bullshit. Like, I'm talking, like, actually interesting educational stuff. Um, and, like, some vlogging. I would never do something like, oh, a daily vlog. Like, here I am counting shirts, you know? Yeah. Because, yeah. like, that's not interesting. But I could see, like, an intermittent vlog being interesting. Yeah. And um, and maybe some training hall footage, maybe some, uh, like, podcast stuff. Not necessarily, like, a, you know, I'm, once again, I'm not going to ever do, like, a two or three time a week podcast. It's yeah. too much work. But I could do something. I could see something where I'll do, like, a, like an hour, two hour video interview with someone and mix that in with some footage like yeah. i could see us changing the youtube just to see what works and what yeah. might stick yeah and the other thing too is is that doing something like what we're doing now is a lot less work than cutting together a training hall footage yeah thing. yeah you know because like you shoot it then you hit upload kind of now i'm not saying you have to do nothing to it but it's less work than than what i was describing so yeah. you know we'll um We'll see what happens. I, I, I've thought about these ideas, but there is the possibility that you will see me in some form on the Hooker YouTube at some point in the future. We're looking but forward to I, it. I, yeah, I, I think um, the competition wouldn't be good. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of interesting moments that never get caught on video. Then there's a lot of things that people don't realize about going to these meets that you don't even know. It's kind of like a pain in the ass and yeah, this and that. It's like just the, the process of like how you up there is is an issue. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there's there's a lot of things that people don't think about. People think it's the only thing that you do with hook grip is you sit at the meet and press buttons, but really that's like the final stage of yeah, a yeah, hundred like, other other steps. You yeah. Know? How did you find Turkmenistan when you were there? It was fine. Yeah. Like, you know. Um, I don't know. You said you were there. Were you there for yeah. another yeah. thing? We drove through Turkmenistan. Um, okay. But we had a terrible experience. It was horrific. So we got like, uh, got stopped for like 24 hours at the border and then had to pay like 
up to around a thousand dollars in bribes to get in then they put a tracking device into your car and then we drove the whole length of the country basically in two days and then had a similar experience at the border leaving yeah where did you enter and where did you leave uh from iran entered from iran and we left for uzbekistan uzbekistan or no uzbekistan yeah yeah yeah. So is that near like Mashhad? What's the name of that city in Iran? Like it's the big city. I can't remember the name of it. I think it starts with an M. We went to Tehran and we went to... Um, I can't remember. There was, we only went to two cities. So two kind of... Um, there's one kind of the northwest. North, northwest. Um, oh. I thought it was Mashhad. I don't think we were in a city called Mashhad. I'm not sure we could well have been. I would not remember. Where we crossed over to Turkmenistan, the border was was in the middle of nowhere, kind of. Yeah, yeah, up in the mountains. Yeah, it was. It was like really. Apparently, it was a quieter border. Only kind of twenty k outside of the capital city. No, it was way more. It wasn't. No, it was literally hundreds of kilometers away. No, so we drove there in like an hour. No, was it? Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember. All right, so yeah, the the big city I was thinking about is Mashhad. So that's the way that the Iranians got there. The way that they got there when they went to Worlds was they took a plane from Tehran to Mashhad. Oh, yeah? And then they took a bus from Mashhad to Ashgabat, which they said was about a five-hour bus. Okay. Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was probably the border we came Mashhad in on. Is like, I think it's the second biggest city in Iran. No, we definitely didn't go there, so... No. It, it Well... Long story short, ter- never going back to Turkmenistan ever again. Yes, yeah, we did not enjoy it. No, it was not fun. Well, we di- here's the thing. So you guys, what you were doing is is not something that the Turkmenistan government is like a big fan of. Because no. like, to them, you are just a risk. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Like there's a risk that these guys are going to like take videos of things that they don't want videos of. There's a risk that you guys are going to say things to people on the outside that they don't want you to say yeah and there's no upside because the chances of you leaving turkmenistan being like great place go visit fantastic yeah, like, yeah. couldn't be better it's minimal they know that's low yeah. yeah so the thing is is like you don't really you're you're not who they want there the thing for me was that i landed in ashgabat official people took me through immigration and everything uh, I was on official transport to the official hotel. Yeah. I paid a lot of money to stay in the official hotel. And I literally didn't do anything other than walk from the official hotel to the training hall and the competition venue and put up, you know, videos of the competition. Yeah. So, like, I wasn't, like, in any way a threat to them. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. And also, I think it does help that um maybe the like the government handlers that we had didn't didn't know who we were but the weightlifting federation knows who i am yeah because they've met me like i know their general secretary i've met him at you know 10 meets at this point yeah like i give equipment to the turkmen team like literally the whole team wears knee sleeves yeah like (laughs) that you know the the coaches all know me like um, the athletes all know me you know what i mean so they're if if the handlers were worried about it and they did any sort of research, they would know like, hey, this guy's not a threat. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. If you watch a show like um, like there's a show on Netflix called Dark Tourism or Dark. Yeah, Tourism. I've I watched it. it yeah. So did you watch the one where he went to Turkmenistan? Yeah. So in his case, he pretended to be a sports journalist and he went into Turkmenistan and he went to the 
um, the 2017 Asian Indoor Martial Arts Games, the one where Sorab set the world record in the total. Yeah. Um, and he went there under like false pretenses to get into the country. But with them, they know that I'm not there under false pretenses. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pretty obvious why I'm there. So, so for me, I think my experience was probably a lot more pleasant because first of all, we were within like a restricted area where yeah, yeah. there was like good food and it was a nice brand new, like, you know, white marble, like high lux, very luxurious hotel. Like it was probably the nicest hotel I've ever stayed at for any competition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the only thing that was a little bit annoying was that if you want to leave that area through security and blah, blah, blah. And like yeah. they had some rules about where you're allowed to walk. And once you, if you didn't know where to go, it was a little bit, um, the first time we tried to walk to the mall after they put in the security rules, it was like a very circuitous route. But, um, once we, once we figured out how we're allowed to walk, then yeah. it, then it became pretty, yeah, pretty yeah, straightforward. Yeah. But overall, I mean, it wasn't bad. I'd say things was, I really didn't like the, um, the black market for currency. Yeah. Yeah. Because the thing was, was that they make it, they make you feel very uncomfortable about the idea of exchanging illegally because like who wants to like get into trouble in Turkmenistan if you're yeah. buying from someone who's like an undercover government agent or something. Yeah. 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 You know, but on the other hand, the stuff was so expensive. Yeah. If you bought at the, at the real rate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it was kind of like, it was kind of like a shitty situation to be in where you're essentially forced to break the law or spend a couple thousand extra dollars on yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. That was a little bit. That was a little bit unpleasant, and I wasn't a fan of that. But other than that, I, I Turkmenistan. Yeah. I mean, I I know it's not like when I said I didn't mind it. I know it's not like like a model country where everyone's treated fairly and it's mm. democratic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 People can, you know, do whatever they want and travel. Like we all know, it's like an authoritarian, yeah, you know, yeah. dictatorship and everything. So, I'm not trying to say that the country is like good for the people. I'm saying my experience was, yeah, yeah. was mostly, yeah, yeah, yeah. was yeah. mostly stress free and fine. Ours was simply not. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you had done what I did, I think it would. would have been yeah, I think yeah. it would have been very different. I would say so. Yeah, but. We won't ever know because we won't ever go back. <laughs> um, what if they hold worlds there? You wouldn't go back? Nope. Nope. <laughs> wouldn't be why, worth it. Why, why don't you guys, like, why don't you travel to, to competitions? Like, why wouldn't you travel and go watch something in person? Do you just not have time or not just time. spend the money on yeah, it? Yeah, time and... At the moment, like, we barely have time to send out all the programs that people want. Yeah. And to get the podcast up yeah. <clears throat> every week. Um. So I'm still doing, like, my postgrad studies in college. Owen still works full time. Still training like nine times a week, and so like we literally we bought this camera today for YouTube. But like, it's what camera take, is it? It's a Sony Alpha Six Three Zero Zero. So um, oh, I gotcha. Yeah, Clarence heavily recommended it, and we are not very like we are we have fairly rudimentary like uh, knowledge of that kind of. But we're just kind of like yeah, just. Have, which lens did you put on it? A fifty. Uh. 35? 35 to 50? That makes sense, does it? Wait, no, that's not 35 to 50. I'll tell you there. Can you see that? 
Oh, the 16 to 50. Yeah, okay. Is that okay? We have no idea. <laughs> um, um, it, it's, it's fine for shooting some videos, yeah. Yeah, like okay. it'll be it'll be fairly like um, rudimentary YouTube videos and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know you were talking to Clarence about uh, Tokyo and, or Japan and stuff, so I think there'll be a possibility of us going there at some point, uh, maybe this end of this year, so we've got to save time for that. And I don't think we'd have... Yeah, the the Tokyo thing or, or Clarence thing, he basically said that he wanted to he wanted help to get in touch with Toshiki, so I helped him with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But other than that, I haven't talked to him about it. No, we've actually um there was um so he's basically he's American, but well he's from Hawaii and he's living in America and he got in touch with Clarence just a while back and uh, he just he's he's somehow involved with um the like the. The, the Olympics there or something so he's, he's he can translate for us and stuff like that so I think he's been talking to them and they basically said they would yeah. love to do some kind of collab but um, we're not sure sh- it's just kind of time for them obviously because they are on a they're an elite weightlifting team and they have a strict schedule and stuff so I think it's just kind of finding a place where we can all train and when it would suit them best and obviously they don't want videos of their training next like July or something before the Olympics or you know something like that like so it's got to be I think it's got it's got to be a suitable time. Yeah, a suitable time and well put together. It'll be cl- it'll be absolutely amazing if we go. So we're kind of holding out for that. But I think going to worlds and stuff. I don't think we'd have a. I to be honest, I prefer watching training videos. Like I prefer watching the Instagram stories more than I'd watch the competitions lately. Uh, the last while, like yeah. I'll watch like um, you know, I watch Miso Lift now or I'll watch Tianteo. But most of the competition in the last while, it hasn't been as interesting to me as as watching training. Like I love, I really really enjoy watching training videos. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Okay, that's been an absolute behemoth of a podcast. That's, uh, I'd say, two hours longer than our longest podcast so far. Yeah. And we talk a lot of shit. Right. <laughs> I just want to hold the PR. If someone, if someone breaks it, I got to come on. We got to break we'll it. We'll give Abs- you a call. Absolutely. <laughs> no problem at all. Thanks very much. Thank you very much, Ned. See you later. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks.